It is commissioning week here in Annapolis. And the root of the word to commission means to entrust. From the mid-14th century, to receive a commission is to receive a delegated authority or power, and it is essentially a means of conveying trust to another or a deputed person. The mids who are being commissioned this week are being entrusted with a responsibility for the defense of our liberty, our nation, and we pray for them as they take on this task in different ways. By virtue of our baptism, we are also commissioned. We are commissioned to be disciples. And Jesus says to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make other disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you to the end of the ages. Or in the language of our gospel today, peace be with you. My own peace I leave with you eternally. Once the disciples receive the power of the advocate or the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, they will be witnesses in not only Jerusalem, not only in territory that is familiar to them, but to all Judea and on to the ends of the earth. In fact, if we read the entirety of the Acts of the Apostles from which the first lesson is taken, its entire narrative is about pushing boundaries. It's about pushing the disciples to places that they felt were beyond their reach and their grasp. Whether it is Philip, who in chapter 8 baptizes a high-ranking Ethiopian official, or the simple Galilean fisherman called Peter, who now becomes leader of this movement and interprets that powerful vision of God to an imperial power in the Roman centurion. God seems to commission people who seem unqualified. He seems to commission them for a greater purpose. In The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis, four siblings, Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy, are sent to live in the country, entrusted to the care of an eccentric professor. Now, while exploring this house, Lucy finds an enormous wardrobe. She's playing hide-and-seek, so she steps into the wardrobe. And as she goes deeper and deeper and deeper into the wardrobe, she ends up in a strange and snowy forest. She encounters a land called Narnia. Now, Narnia has been cursed. She, it's been cursed by an evil witch, so that it is always winter in Narnia and never Christmas. The story then continues with these four children who are children, they have no training, 
They are all dealing with their various issues, inadequacies, jealousies, shortcomings, and the like. And yet they are being commissioned by the righteous king, the Lion King, Aslan, so that they can assist in the liberation of a land that is so held in deep darkness and captivity to break the eternal curse of winter. Now, in the eyes of the world, none of them, none of them are adequate to battle the witch and her evil minions. For they carry with them a lot of baggage, ego, proclivities, and yes, the baggage of their past. Yet they are commissioned in this unexpected place and emboldened by a spirit of courage, the spirit of peace be with you, my own peace I give with you. And with the help of Aslan and in a community that embraces them, they become sufficient to battle evil. C.S. Lewis tells the story to convey the story of Christian discipleship. To be a Christian disciple is to receive a commission by Jesus. It's the act of being entrusted with the sacred duty of proclaiming the good news of God's ultimate victory over the powers of sin and death. And that is a joyful thing. An act of great mercy. In our first lesson today, take a look at the first lesson, Paul is commissioned to proclaim the good news in Macedonia. Now this commission entails a radically new direction for Paul. The Holy Spirit, as we read in the Gospel, known as the Advocate, commissions Paul to heed the words of the vision he had. For the Holy Spirit is a great disruptor. The Holy Spirit reminds Paul that wherever he goes, even in the midst of conflict, division, the closing of windows, that Holy Spirit is the one who commissions him and promises him peace. If you take a look at the previous chapter, and if you go to Father Dion and, and Patricia Jennings' Bible study, they would have taken you through this. But if you go back to chapter 15, you will see that Paul has a partner in ministry named Barnabas, whose name incidentally means son of encouragement. Now Paul and Barnabas, as any best friend, friends do sometimes, they had a conflict. But in this instance, it was actually a parting of the ways. And we know that any time the ways are parted, it's difficult. It's emotionally trying. It's heart-wrenching. Mm -hmm. No, Paul had, Barnabas had encouraged Paul in faith. They were compatriots. They shared a life together as travel partners, best friends, and they were an awesome tag team. And just, you know, take a look at the parting of the ways of, of people that we know in history, like Simon and Garfunkel, the Beatles, the Spice Girls, or Destiny's Child. Paul and Barnabas, you know, they made beautiful music together. But now, now it was time for them to part ways. And it's not because Paul and Barnabas were bad people. 
neither of them were disloyal to each other or to the gospel. Their division had to do over the mentorship of a young man named John Mark. Barnabas wanted to bring John Mark along for the new missionary journey, and Paul thought that he was too immature to come. And so the difference of opinion became so great, great that the best of friends had to part way. Yet even in the midst of this pain and struggle, both Paul and Barnabas experienced the power of God's peace. Yes, they had a difference of opinion, but both of them kept on focusing on the greater mission that lay ahead of them, the healing power of God's good news, the bomb for a world yearning for purpose and redemption. Scripture teaches us the Holy Spirit going on to the 16th chapter, prevented Paul and his new team that consisted of Timothy and Silas from delivering the gospel to the Roman province of Asia, not only once, but twice. Think about a door that is being shut entirely closed. It was entirely closed. They couldn't get through the door. Their dreams were shattered. The opportunity to preach the gospel in Asia was lost. Now it's in the midst of encountering that loss that the Holy Spirit reveals a new plan. No, Paul, you are not to go down to Asia, but now I am sending you to Macedonia. It totally transforms and changes Paul's direction. What can we learn from this? I think we can learn that discipleship when it's, it's entirely about the submission of our will to God and a willingness to follow God and risk our own perceptions, our own sense of security to do the work of God. Now, because Paul was obedient, because of Paul's obedience and his willingness to submit to the words of the Holy Spirit, a wealthy merchant named Lydia opened her heart to listen to God's word. And she became a disciple. She and her entire household. When we talk about a household, it's not just, you know, um, husband, wife, and a couple of kids. It's not the nuclear family. But it's an entire community that came to know the redeeming power of God. Such a trust on discipleship is, is listening to the voice of God despite and in all circumstances. It is the advocate who enlightens and reminds Paul and all who follow Jesus the words of God. For that particular word, the word paraclete for the Holy Spirit is only found in John. It is a counselor, a comforter, a power that walks alongside. It is God that is present, reminding, comforting, cajoling, pushing us beyond our boundaries into new possibilities, new ways of being, and ultimately disrupting our own perception of ourselves so that we can encounter a God who has a purpose for each and every one of us. 
Beloved, as I said in the beginning, we are commissioned here by virtue of our baptism to be disciples of Jesus. And sometimes such a commissioning closes one door and yet cracks open a window. Whether it is the Pevensey children in the Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, Philip's evangelism to the Ethiopian eunuch, Peter's testimony to the Roman centurion, or the closing of the door for Paul to preach in Asia in order to go on to Macedonia. Discipleship is fundamentally our openness to trust God to direct our steps day by day, minute by minute, because it is in this deep reorientation, redirection, that God's will can be made known and manifest. Yes, there may be the pain and separation of others in following God's will. Yet, as scripture teaches us, in the fullness of time, all divisions will be healed. Tradition teaches us that Paul and Barnabas later reconciled. They reunited. And even the very source of that division, the young lad named Mark, became a source of help for Paul later on. Not only was he a source of hope for Paul later on, but perhaps Paul recognized that he was wrong to discount Mark, for that Mark is the very Mark who wrote the first canonical account of the gospel. So, brothers and sisters, Here's an opportunity to take stock of your life, of your own discipleship. Are there places in your life when you, where you need to entirely trust in a power that is infinitely more than you can imagine? It's, it's interesting that sometimes we give only a portion of our lives to God. What about giving our entire selves up to God, allowing God to be, to be God and letting go of our, of our sense of control. Are you stuck in a place where you feel that all the doors of life have been closed and you can't even see the crack in the window? Or perhaps you are suffering from the pain of a recent separation or a fallout from a close friend or partner. If you happen to be in any of these categories, my invitation to you is simple. Reread the lessons for today and take heart the call out. The collect where we prayed, O oh God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as surpass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you that we, loving you in all things and above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Yes, we pray this through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
on that